Welcome to the Vegan Changemaker podcast. My name is June Fuchs and I'm on the quest to veganize over 50% of the global human population by the year of 2030. Sounds delusional? Well, obviously I can't do it alone. And that's why in this podcast, you're getting to meet some of the most influential, inspiring and impactful vegans there are. May this episode help you create more vegan impact in the world because we need your help as well, dear vegan friend. Here we go. Aloha, dear listeners to the Changemaker podcast. It's June here. And today I have, I have a guest who is beyond special because just before we hit record, I asked him, how shall I introduce you? And he said, 42-year vegan veteran. This man has been vegan probably for more than 42 years. I'm not sure. We'll learn that in a bit. But for sure, he has been active for 42 years. And this is going to be so, so damn interesting to talk to somebody who has experienced veganism and vegan growth since the year of 1980. I want to welcome Harry Bowman. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, June. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Same, same. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> so um, I see you taking a sip from your vegan life cup and you just before showed me the background of where you're sitting at. You have grown a massive movement in Australia, which is where you're from, correct? Do you want to yes, tell us a yeah. little bit about what you have built over the past 42 years of your life? Well, well, uh, I'll try and keep it as brief as possible. Otherwise, it might take 42 years to describe it. <laughs> But, <laughs> but really, um, most of my vegan journey, I, I pretty much kept to myself because I was uh, what I would call the only vegan in the village that I knew of, right? So um, it's only in the last 10 to 15 years that, that I've really sort of um, come into the limelight. And, and in doing so, I've become uh, known probably because of my longevity, for, because this is my 42nd year, as you were uh, saying at the beginning, 42nd year of being vegan. So I've become known for my longevity, but also uh, in recent years, because I've, I've done things like uh, for four years, I ran a uh, live stream, a social media live stream called The Vegan Hour, where we would have guests on every week, uh, recorded it from a studio, and uh, it was very it was uh, very interesting, and I'd learnt a lot personally from from these different vegan guests. So uh, doing that sort of um, created a lot of awareness. Um, I also uh, run a group called Vegan Life, and uh, Vegan Life has over one thousand two hundred and sixty members, and it's a it's a social group here on the Gold Coast in uh, <laughs> in Queensland. And we have uh, when when COVID is not giving us a bad time, we have um, two meetups a month, and uh, we we basically get together and socialise in what we would call like a uh, a safe zone where we feel like we're all accepted by each other because we're, we have the same values. So we will go to a vegan restaurant and we'll support them and we'll have a dinner or a lunch there. And then we'll also go to um, a park uh, once a month as well. And we bring along our own vegan food and, you know, play, play around in the park a bit and just relax and enjoy the, the weather and the, and being outdoors and, and sharing food and new dishes and meeting new friends. So so I think through things like that, to answer your question, is is you know how I've become uh, known uh, in recent times, and and a lot of I'm very active on social media. So um, you know, there's been a lot of um, yeah, a lot of posts that I've shared, <laughs> creating uh -huh. creating vegan awareness and 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 other passions that I have as well. So um, 
yeah, that's that's the shortest answer I could give you on that one. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Like I'm hearing so many different things. And you, you also said you're very active on social media, which is where yeah. I found you or how we connected, right? Via Facebook. Yes. Less Facebook yes. for a minute. And... <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And yeah, like I live on Bali, so I'm an ocean across. Like I think yep. maybe a four-hour flight across. So if I scream really loud, you might hear me. But I have to <laughs> really, really loud. I've got the window closed. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to try that. Um, but I love that, especially when you said like we have when when COVID is not giving you a bad time, you're having yeah. these meetups, right? And yes. that's something that I can relate to so much because here in Bali, we also we have some street activism events that are often closed um with a dinner together so like a getting together yep. a kind of a debriefing kind of a hanging out yep. and being feel uh, felt and, and seen and heard in the community which i think is something super essential i connect with a lot of people yep. on facebook which aren't um in a community or they live in a place where there's not a community and they struggle hard they struggle big yep. time because yep. if you're embodying vegan values we all know that you're struggling with people that are not embodying that because they're working against what you're working for, right? They're yes. working against yes. the, the animal liberation, the freedom of uh, all species on this planet as much as possible. So, like, I would love to ask you, very curious <laughs> about this, like, 1980 was the year mm. that you said you started becoming an activist. Was it also the year that you turned vegan? No, well, uh, to qualify that, that is the year I went vegan, 1980, but I certainly wasn't, um, didn't consider myself a, an activist at all. Uh, you know, it was only in the last um, decade, bit over a decade that I've really started uh, pushing the awareness and, um, and, and it really comes, it actually just, to, I must give credit that it comes from uh, uh, my uh, wife at the time, uh, and uh, and still my best friend, uh, she she was very active in pushing me to sort of get out into the community more, and that and she's vegan as well, of course. And um, so because of that that uh, little push from her, she's a very social person. Um, it sort of got me out of my little uh, cocoon that I had spent decades, my little vegan cocoon that I spent decades in, because. I'm not a naturally outgoing person. I'm actually someone who just prefers one-on-one -on -one time. Um, I really, uh, you know, value my own peace and, um, and just, um, yeah. So, so it's, it's, I'm a little bit, oh, well, I'm actually a lot out of my comfort zone when I, when I do go out in, in public, I'm a lot out of my comfort zone and it's taken many years to sort of be a little bit comfortable with it. So I'll, I'll put it that way. I think what helps though in thinking about it is that, the fact that as I've become known, I've felt more and more comfortable uh, because, you know, the, the online friends and the real life friends have grown so much, the vegan connections that I've made and that, that I've, I just, you know, it's nice to go somewhere into a vegan place and almost always have someone go, oh, hi, Harry, how are you? Or, you know, or, or you know, uh, have the people that own the place know me really well or something like that. So it's, you know, it's a nice little thing, but it's not the reason why any of us go vegan, of course, but it's just, I guess it's a nice little payback for all the decades of being, um, you know, out there following the true path of, of compassion and um, feeling like, you know, I was the only one doing it, which is a lonely existence. It truly is, huh? Mm. Wow. 
like I grew up in a small village in Switzerland and oh yes yeah I I, I didn't yeah. grow up in Bali as you can tell me no color. yeah <laughs> and my surf but, level as well <laughs> but Switzerland what a beautiful what a beautiful like uh, environment beautiful country to, to grow oh, up yeah. in oh yeah the nature is very very powerful but what yeah. I experienced as well which maybe can be a little bit of relating to your story not the amount of time of course but growing up in that village which was very traditional and very much Switzerland is about cheese and milk chocolate oh yes you know and we have fondues and we have fondue chinois yes. which is meat fondue so it's a very traditionally rooted place because there's a lot of country countrysides in Switzerland yeah all country yeah. but there aren't yeah. that many big cities and usually in the big cities like a vegan scene establishes itself or through the community faster than on the countryside, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, so like, I would love to open the discussion or the talk here a little bit more mm -hmm. about yep. those years when you were mm. the, the lonely vegan in the village <laughs> and <laughs> yes. how that was for you, for your mind, for your mental health, yeah. how was that? Somebody asked me that the other day, they said something along the lines, is it, is it hard being vegan? And I said, well, actually I said, being vegan is, is in itself is the easiest part because being vegan is aligning with our inner values of, of compassion to all living beings, you know, so that, that is just connecting with our heart and doing what we know at the deepest level is the right thing to do to treat all living beings, you know, kindly. That's easy. It's all the other things that come along with it. It's dealing with the, the, the world that is, constantly trying to change you back to the way that they are so that they don't feel so uh offended or so uh worried or self-conscious about the fact that they're not vegan you know it's it's all it's all that and when it's coming when that sort of is coming to you from uh not only you know friends but when it's coming to you from your family you know and it's and your workmates and this is something that you um sort of uh, you have to put up with for year after year it's it you know it really does um i guess it depends on who you are you have to depending on what your conviction is will will shape how you handle it um for me to to sort of to make it a bit clearer the fact that when i was 16 which is in 1980 and i literally went i actually went raw vegan overnight so i didn't just go vegan i went onto a raw vegan diet and the reason I did it at that age um, was initially not because of animal rights. It was it was because uh, a personal selfish reason because of my health, and I had very bad acne as a teenager. And um, I I learnt that diet was um, the contributing factor. And um, I read this amazing book uh, called um, The Mucusless Diet that had been written in the 1920s. Arnold Everett. And I was, I just became like a disciple of Arnold Everett overnight. I read this book. I just went, this is profound. The information that I'm, I'm receiving here is amazing. So um, the proof of the pudding was that um, literally overnight, I, I, I changed from being a meat eater to being somebody that was eating raw vegan food, only having two meals a day, no breakfast, uh, some mono meals or meals with just two or three ingredients. Um, and by doing that, my acute acne had had mostly disappeared after two days, but by the end of the week, it was all gone. And that was like absolutely cementing this foundation for me of the importance of the fuel that you put in the body from a health perspective. So that was that was so foundational that to me, there was 
I've looked back at, over, at it over the years many times and thought to myself, there was no turning back from that point because I'd have to be, well, talking about mental health, I'd have to be crazy to go back after having had that experience and seeing the profound effect. And in the early days, because of the effect that it had on me and because I was so um, just so excited about this positive change, uh, I, I would, uh, people would come into my existence that would want to know more about it. And I would sort of just one-on-one -on -one sort of talk to them back in, back in the early days, you know, so, but um, once the, once it connected more deeply in my heart with the anim animal rights, um, then that cemented it even more for me. So it's, it's more of a case of not only is there no turning back, but um, it gives a reason to my existence that, that, and it gives a, a reason to everyone's existence that we should be doing the right, we should be treating other living beings the way we want to be treated you know the love that we want to receive is what we should be giving out so um so yeah that's that has been uh prominent in my ability to handle the tougher times when i've been taunted by as i say even family and friends in the past but one of the beauties of being vegan this long is seeing uh with the benefit of hindsight over many decades and also seeing people change that you never would think change. And for uh, the longest time, I used to get uh, criticized by, uh, predominantly by my dad, I think, you know, more than my mum. My mum's very soft, a lot softer, but my dad used to be quite critical from time to time, you know, joking critical. And I guess I had the last laugh when both my mum and dad went vegan uh, about five years ago in their um, later 70s. So, uh, and, and not only did they go vegan, but it was my mum that um, transitioned my dad into going onto a vegan diet without, knowing, without him even knowing. And she didn't even tell me until three months into it. And then she told me, she said, oh, we've been on a vegan diet for three months now. And I'm like, holy moly. So you can imagine how I felt because it's like, I have had an influence. I have all those decades of me putting up with this, you know, this, this little niggling and whatever, it, you know, it did get, it did get through to them, you know? So, and there's been other examples of that where I've just gone, the way we live our lives is, is an example that others may not ever say anything about, but they are observing on some level. It is having some influence. And when you find out decades later <laughs> that they've made a life change because of the way you've been living your life, then there's the reward. There's the, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. but, the, but that, again, I want to stress the real, the real reward is we need to be doing the right thing by animals. And, you know, brings up that saying of um well there's a the little little story i just this popped into my head the little story of the guy walking along the beach and i think it's all these starfish have washed up on the beach and he's throwing them back into the water so that they'll survive and one by one and there's thousands of them and um a guy comes up and says um why, why are you bothering why are you trying to save you can't save all these starfish you know he says well he said um and i'm now i've got to try and get the punchline right this was not a punchline. it's not a joke but he basically says um i mightn't be able to um save the world of starfish but i i can save the world for that starfish that i save so it's that starfish's world so i'm saving their world i might be able to save all the starfish in the world but i can save the that was a clumsy uh finish there but yeah, oh, you, get the you get the idea you get the idea so 
okay. so what's the you know the lesson in that is that we do what we can you know so if we reach somebody and we touch their heart and then they reach somebody and they touch their heart it's a bit like um another bad example it's a bit like multi-level marketing we're just touching people <laughs> reaching out a bit you know and and creating this uh you know this well the proof of the pudding in the way that we create things is you know my vegan life group has over 1260 members in it you know so you know we reach out and we touch people and they say oh you should come along to this group well you know it's great we have fun and you know you meet we have great food and you meet nice people and that and so then that person joins up and the next person joins up and yeah so forth so yeah we we do have an influence. Let's make our influence positive. Let's make our influence life affirming, not just yeah. not just life affirming in the way that we live, but obviously life affirming in the 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 life around us that we're either trying to keep living or we're taking life from them. So we don't want to be doing that. Obviously, you know, yeah. let's not take life from the life around us. <laughs> wow, there were so many golden gems that you just said. yeah once i get going once i get going it's hard to slow me down i can oh, i feel you there like once you're in it you're in it you're in it it's, well that's universe. the passion that's yeah, the passion and that's that really and you gotta also you know talking about the old days and, and looking at it now you gotta you know cast your mind back to the 1980s and here on the gold coast in australia um to to live as a vegan then on a on a vegan diet then not only did i not know any other vegans at all you know there was I, like i was it yeah um but additionally um i couldn't go into the supermarket and get plant-based milks or um any of the things that i could get there now that i would have to go to the health food store and, and do predominantly all my shopping there and then and then um i think i used to go in those days into the supermarket and get some fruit and veg from there and that was about it these days it's completely the opposite in that i almost never go into the health food store i don't need to because the vegan market has become so big that there are so many products available in in the supermarkets now that um it's a really really good indication of the awareness how it's grown and how big companies big businesses have come on board and said hey there's a market here we should be right. tapping into this they may not be doing it for the right reason they're doing it for you know financial reasons but it's still in my mind a positive because it means the market is that big that you can yeah. go into the supermarket and half the shelf is plant-based milks and i'm like yeah and that you know? equals that equals less animal suffering less animals that are exactly. being grown less animals that are being fed to be killed in the end or abuse them exactly so exactly. whatever the foundation of their reason is yes I feel this as you're saying it the power is really in our hands as a mass of yes. consumers so the yes. bigger we grow as the mass of consumers the more they change the sell shelves in the supermarket and that's one yeah. thing that i really wish everybody sees because a lot of activists kind of lose hope at some point but like yeah. Oatly has taken over 50% of the milk <laughs> shelves in Sweden, maybe Europe. Wow. Wow. So there is more Oatly milk shelves wow. than regular milk shelves in there. <laughs> and, you know, that's just- the That is that so, that, that is so pleasing to hear, isn't it? It's I just, 
it's just that sort of information and 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 the uh, the other side of that is the fact that the uh, d dairy industry has done two things in recent years and also um, also mainstream um, animal agriculture they've actually um, done two things they've they've tried they've uh, stepped up their propaganda campaign against um, vegan products is one thing that they've done and that's that's happened in in different ways around the world they're sort of trying to attack it on different levels and discredit discredit vegan products and that so that's one thing but the other thing is they've quietly been buying into the market and so you know you see these news articles come up and you go oh this big dairy industry that's been around for 100 years or something now has massive shares in plant-based milk and you go, well, that's interesting. And then you find out that there's uh, some uh, large uh, meat company that, is, that has bought into plant-based meats. And it's, 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 it's akin to um, the energy companies realizing that their time is running out, the coal-based coal energy companies, and that realizing that they've got to, if they want to survive, they've got to you know, get into alternative energies that are not harmful to the planet. And they're doing the same thing on, on that level environmentally. They, they're spending big money and going, you know, sort of sideways into where the, the market is heading. So that's smart business. But again, a sign of the way times are changing in a positive way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what I feel like is so cool that when we're now pointing out all these little things, and I guess everybody who's listening will be like, oh, yeah, I heard this. And like a client of yes. mine who sent me a message last week, she was like, June, I know it's kind of weird and terrible at the same time, but Germany doesn't have any meat anymore in the shelves or hardly any because most of it comes from Ukraine and we know that Ukraine has a crisis situation with yes. Russia less all the involved yes. on both sides yes right yeah. it sucks for yeah. everybody and she informed yes. me that there is no meat in the shelves and this is just another sign of like oh <coughs> actually where did all the meat always come from that we were eating like we thought we bought good meat from home in the supermarkets good meat right you know yeah and yeah now they're realizing, oh, it came from somewhere else. So, and with the eggs, yeah. it's actually the same now. Wow. Like Easter wow. is coming yeah. up and there is an egg yeah. shortage in, the <laughs> in Germany and I think Switzerland as well. So, so they'll like, be buying vegan Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope. Fuck I yeah. Hope. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the fact that companies, you know, spend, um, they put, they've put in the last probably 10 years so much research into making meat alternatives that mimic meat so that they can attract a certain sort of customer that wants to, that's still basically, uh, you know, addicted to that taste and that texture and whatever. So the fact that they've actually done that, you know, is again, uh, an indication of the size of the market and how they, um, if they can transition uh, a meat eater away from like you know what's the saying if there's you know basically if if you can have the same taste and the same you know sort of product without the cruelty why would you choose the cruelty you know that's <laughs> it's just there's no logic to do that and and i know that it, it takes sometimes more than well a lot of the time it takes more than that to change someone who's patterns of eating and patterns of thinking um are so uh, in, entrenched that you know, it, it, it still wouldn't occur to them to change to a cruelty-free, you know, um, I often say uh, our variation. have the same toxic behavioral patterns as we as whole human beings have. They get used yeah. to so many toxic tastes. It was funny yeah. because I remember when the Beyond Beef Burger came out. 
yeah. right? And they they brought it to Switzerland. I was still living there back at that uh, time. And yeah. I went, I was I had almost a year of raw veganism and high raw veganism afterwards. And before that, I was also into whole foods. So like my diet is very focused on the health perspective yes. as well. Yes. I, switched, I switched to vegan because of animal rights, but then later on the interest into the whole uh, raw food yep. came and I really experienced a lot of, of beauty in eating that way. Same with acne. Yes. I had tons of acne all over my back. It's all gone now. Um, but like, I remember tasting that Beyond Meat burger and little side story. I used to work <laughs> at McDonald's before I turned vegan and vegetarian before that. So I'm, I was a I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> thank you it was an experience you know at the time it was it was all how it's supposed to be yeah but yeah, yeah i worked there and um i remember eating that beyond meat burger and i was like it really tastes like like the big mac patty and i didn't enjoy it anymore it was yeah it wasn't like them it yes finished. yes and i and, and yeah I, to me i i have i have pretty much zero interest in uh, you know when when the advertising or the marketing behind it says you know we've tried to mimic meat as closely as possible I'm like well you've put me completely off <laughs> you know give me if, if it's gonna you know if it's gonna be a burger give me a lentil burger or something that's got you know that's a that that sounds healthier and is healthier you know give me something like that something that we actually did have is is lentil patties in that back in the 80s and and, and that you oh, know you we did. could i mean yeah in, in australia we had sanitarium uh doing a few different um uh, vegan products that that um, I mean they were a vegetarian company but they were doing vegan products and and yeah you could get uh, little um, uh, patties and and that. I mean you know again you had to get them in the health food store and they weren't a common thing but you know there was uh, that's my sort of what I'm used to from back then is that sort of if I wanted to have something that was um, you know a processed type of food it was still a, a healthier version to what we have today you know today uh, one of the big issues i see um diet wise with veganism is is just this overabundance of um new constantly new highly processed vegan products coming onto the market and you know i mean they're addictive they taste amazing you know they're they're um nutritionally sadly nutritionally um not good good for us you know it's it's just and and you can have as much as you can have uh, uh, an unhealthy uh, meat eater and uh, you can have a, an unhealthy vegan if that's if their diet is going to be comprised of you know a lot of processed foods like that so you know whole foods definitely the way to go um and you know i've personally gone through like what you said um uh, with your journey you know there with because i started as as a strict raw uh, vegan for the first, I think, two or three years. I was as skinny as a rake. And um, in the last, I think, 10 years, since all this proliferation of processed foods has come on, I've just become totally addicted to them. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I've got... <laughs> and I'm not joking. I'm just, I have to work on trying to keep on top of things these days with riding the bike and, and going walking and, and swimming if it's, um, if it's um, the right season. Um, because uh, it's 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 like um, oh, it's as bad as drugs. You just you just have a, ve a vegan ice cream, a vegan Magnum or something, and you just go, oh my god, what a hit this is! And you know, and you just and then you want the next one. And so yeah, it's it's something that I'm really aware of that I like to sort of educate um, 
people that have been vegan for a while and just say, be, be, beware that, you know, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm happy there's a lot of vegan alternatives on the market, but just try to not go down the rabbit hole yeah. with them. <laughs> and one thing I also want to point out, I had a really interesting talk with a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago about this. And she said, you know, the whole thing with like these more processed vegan foods, we don't really know the, the, the longer and the more processed they are. We don't really, really know what's yeah. happening along the process. So yeah. is it in the end, really free of animal abuse or animal suffering, or is it not? So we, we riffed on that. And I said, well, to be honest with some products, I truly don't know. Because mm. as we to close the circle, actually, as we said, as you said in the beginning, mm. with the bigger companies buying into the market and coming in from a profit perspective, we don't yes. really truly know if they're able to like hide things along the way, you know? Yes. So yes. I, I truly as well, yes. inside of my coaching program, I have uh, modules on healing foods. That's how I call the section. Um, what do you call it, sir? De healing foods. De healing. Dealing truths. Healing. Healing Oh, healing truths, healing yeah. truths. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah not healing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Healing truths. And there we look into um, the, the quote by, um, was it? It was Hippocrates or Aristoteles? No, it was Hippocrates. Let food be yeah. thy medicine, right? That's right. Yep. And so we look yep. deeper into that. And the, the more I narrow it down, the more it's really like, hey, the more you can see the process where what your food went through, the easier it is to understand that, the yep. healthier it is. The easier oh, yes. to identify yeah. its color, its original shape, where yes. it's grown and stuff, yes. the healthier yeah. it is. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for people on the vegan uh, 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 journey that when it comes to their diet, that understand the importance of that and the, you know, the importance of just sticking with whole foods. And there's a lot of really um, well-known uh, vegan doctors, especially in the U.S., who are doing a good job warning people about um, not having oils, that oils are bad for you and, and sticking with, you know, whole foods um, because uh, yeah, it, it can be a slippery slope to go down. And, and I, you know, I've mingled with a lot of different vegans and, you know, there's all shapes. And, and sometimes I think, wow, it's, you know, I would, yeah, I would have thought everybody would have been slim and fit and healthy, but no, there's a big, it's a big range of shapes. Uh -huh. there, so. mm -mm. Oh, yeah. we met, we met huge vegans, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, that's part of the journey they're on is learning about these different things. You know, it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, it was only in, um, I think probably the first 25 to 30 years of my journey, I was strictly against any supplementation at all. So, which meant I never took any B12, which meant that by the time I discovered that B12 is actually an important thing to be taking, <laughs> by the time I actually did open my eyes and did some research on it, um, I was already at a state where I'd been ex experiencing um, a fairly severe B12 deficiency. And so I've had to backpedal from there and, and have B12 injections and, and uh, make sure that I'm supplementing B12 all the time. Because I was of the belief, I came from this belief that if I just ate as whole foods, ate fruit and vegetables, got out in the sun, got sunshine, connected with nature, all of this uh, understanding that Arnold Everett promoted in his book that um, I didn't have to worry about anything else. I didn't have to worry about supplementation and that. So there are things that, you know, we're aware of now that he probably wasn't aware of in the 1920s and, and earlier when he, when he was promoting the mucusless diet. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, we went on a little roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a little it was a little roller coaster. I'm used to going on the really big anyway. <laughs> a little a massive one, you know. Yeah, but as I said before, I want to keep these episodes quite short yes. and I feel this was yep. super potent for all the listeners. Yep. Um I want you to tell them how they can reach out to you. Like how can oh, they get I, in touch with you if they want yeah. to? Um there's uh through Facebook um uh through uh, instagram or instacrap as i call it uh it's harry bowman's vegan life on um on instacrap and it's just <laughs> harry bowman on facebook uh on youtube uh i'm also harry bowman's uh i think you find me under harry bowman's vegan life on on basically look just go to my facebook page it's got all the links from there to instacrap to um my um anchor uh, fm podcast channel and um if if they want to they could spend the rest of their life probably going through all the youtube videos i've done four four years of in interviewing from 2016 to 2019 four years of in interviewing guests on the vegan hour um there's uh since then i've been doing bicycle live streams which may means most weekends whilst i'm out riding my bike i have a camera set up and a lapel mic and all that on my bike and i uh, record live streams about different topics and they will vary from environmentalism to um uh to veganism to uh, another one of my favorite subjects which is spiritual um topics and and you know so the deeper you know why are we here you know what's it all about and sort of going going a lot deeper you know because it's all connected i, I think it's hard to be a long-term vegan and to have not felt that pull in a spiritual direction as well because once you start connecting with your heart then all the other areas just come in automatically and that's part of it so <laughs> yeah 100 like that so yeah. yeah so just look for me on facebook under harry bowman and then just click on the links there and you can you know link to me on instacrap and and YouTube, i'll share, I'll I share the links uh in yeah. the show notes of the podcast in the notes we yeah. publish this as a video somewhere it will all be shared there you'll all have yeah click access excellent amazing yeah well yeah. thank you so, so much for your time oh thank you june thank you it's, it's I, I love talking about myself it's my favorite subject thank you yeah it's really important to talk about oneself a lot of people don't think that enough <laughs> no, no. And if I, they do, they only talk about the shell. And as you said just now yes. in the end, I just want to piggyback on that for a couple of more yep. minutes because, as you said, when you turn vegan and you start tuning into your heart space and feeling this connection yep. of compassion, it, it yep. expands. And that's really oh, yeah. because a lot of the people that come to me and start working with me are people that dabble there and are kind of like interested in spiritual development and that kind of growth. And exploration yep. and yep. yeah like it, it went hand in hand for me as well when i went it, raw like it, this whole it universal to. it has to it, it's a connected it's a connection has to you can't be spirit well it, it, i'll be quite blunt you can't be truly spiritual and not be vegan I agree. because because <laughs> you haven't connected you haven't connected spiritually it's it's energetically impossible because if you're still putting um, animal products in your body, then the vibratory rate is too low. So you can't, yeah, you can't do that. And the other way around is that uh, if you're vegan and you haven't connected spiritually, then there's a there's a, a large portion of yourself that you're denying for some reason out of fear or something. And that's a whole big topic on itself, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. So. so if anybody wants to dive into that, pop over to his Facebook. <laughs> Click all the links you can find, or do the same on my end, or do both because we both have yep. content on that. 
Yeah. 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 Feel, and people can feel free to message me in that because uh, I, I am actually quite busy uh, a lot of the time. And these days have been very busy, but, um, you know, where I can, I, I like to sort of point people in the right direction if I can. So that would be my service to the animals. Oh, love that. <laughs> Via the humans <laughs> to the animals. Same here. Yeah. yeah that's what we do. We, have, we are a voice for the voiceless. A voice for the voiceless. Let's leave it at that. Thanks to everybody for listening. Um, check out thank our you, other episodes if you like them. And thank you so much again. Much love to y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Vegan Changemaker podcast. Please share it with your friends, your family, your social network, and your loved ones. If you want to get your impact to the next level, I invite you to take the Vegan Impact Quiz. I created it to help you figure out what the next steps are for you to elevate your vegan impact and create more significant influence in the world. Check out the link. I left it for you in the show notes. And I'm curious to see where you're going to land and what your next steps will be. Let's veganize this world together, dear vegan friend. <laughs>